Amen, amen. So we've been talking about being a doer of the Word of God. And let me just share what I got from the Lord to begin with. You must be believing God. I remember in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul said this. He prayed that for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. How many of you have been believing with us that utterance would come forth on Sunday? You must be because every time I open the, the word of God, I mean, I get pages and I, I, it's just, it flood, I'm flooded. I can't keep up with it all. So I need you to once again believe with me this morning for a few minutes that we'll get out what it is the Holy Spirit wants us to get out. And, I was, and I, was, I was meditating and I was thinking about this and I said, Lord, you gotta stop. I can't, I mean, it's like, you gotta shut the faucet off. I can't fast, I can't write fast enough. I can't type it fast enough. There's no way I'm gonna be able to get all that out on Sunday. And the Lord said, anybody said you gotta get it out on one Sunday? I said, okay, well, that's good. So that's why we've been camped out being a doer of the Word of God because there's something that God's trying to get over to us. <laughs> People always say, well, how long are you going to be on that series? I don't know. We may go 18 weeks on being a doer of the Word. We're going we're gonna to be on it till we become a doer. Amen. Stop. This is what I heard the Lord say this morning. Stop trying to get another word. Boy, this starts off. I mean, just... Everybody's shouting right now, you know. Stop trying to get another word. Become a doer of that which you already have heard. I'm not going to give you further light if you're not a steward of what light you already have. Matthew chapter, I know I said James. Go to, hold your finger there and go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Why? While we keep harping on this, Matthew chapter 25, we're going to start in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on his journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. And likewise... He who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more. And the Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you rulers over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, look, you delivered to me two, and I have gained two more. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. You know, when the Lord tells you to do something, and you don't do it, it's real easy for you to turn around and say, you're just hard. Did he or did he not tell the man to go do something with it? He said, I'm leaving this, and I'm giving you my servants, and delivered his goods to them, calling them to be stewards over the goods that he delivered to them. But I know you was a hard man, Lord, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered. See, he's plotting his case. He's laying his case out. And I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered 
and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money in with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to the one who had ten. For to everyone who has, more would be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Why am I saying that? Because it's real easy for us to get into this mindset and go, oh, well, I've heard about that before. I've heard that before. I've heard that word before. I want a new word, Lord. I want a new word. I don't want, I want a new experience. I want a new word. I want a new experience. I don't want that old word. I don't want that old experience. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the Lord said, you want a new word? You want a new experience? Then do what I've already told you. Do what you've already experienced. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. How many of you want to be a hearer of the word only? No, we don't want to do that. We want to be doers of the word. Let me tell you why. Now, now you can go back to, uh, where did we say? Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 25. No, we said James. Go back to James. But be ye doers of the word. James said, be ye doers of the word. What if you're not a doer? What does it look like? Well, it looks like this. It looks like a man who observes himself and immediately forgets what he was. When you and I are not doers of the word of God, what does it look like? It looks like we looked at ourselves in a mirror and then we turn around and we walked away and we forgot what we saw. How can you do that? We do that all the time. We look at something and then we turn around and we walk away and we forget what we saw. Why? Because we're not placing value. Everybody say value. Value on what we're seeing. I bet you men, when your wife, before she was your wife, walked across, the, across your eyeballs, I bet you didn't forget what she looked like. Now, now nobody's going to say amen on that one. He says, if anyone who hears the word and doesn't do it is just like the man who observes himself in a mirror and then walks away and forgets what he looks like. Well, how did he forget what he looked like? Because he did not place value and time and attentiveness on what he saw. I know people that can recite the Bible a lot better than I can. They can recite scripture verse after scripture verse after scripture. I had somebody in my office a little over a month ago, and every time he spit out a verse, I pulled my Bible out and I spit out seven more in his face because he was using the Word of God to try to justify what he was doing. There's a lot of people that know the Word. I said, for the lack of a better way to do it, I'm going to call him Steve. His name's not Steve, but I'm going to say Steve so you won't think that I'm talking about a Steve. I said, Steve. You can't use the word of God like that. Well, the Bible says blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I said, but you ain't doing the word of God. You can't come into my office and ask me to back you up on something that you're not doing. The Bible says to love your neighbor. You don't love her. You hate her. You despise her. And you want me to pray for you? No, you don't need prayer. You need to deliver yourself and buffet your flesh and kill your flesh to love her. But this and that, and she did, and this, that, and the other, and she did this. I said, you've been carrying this stuff around for way too long. I said, if anybody had a right, it was him. And yet on the cross, in his pain, in his separation from his father, 
He said, Father, forgive them. And I say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Let me show you why you want to be a doer of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 7. Why do you want to be a doer of the Word of God? Because James says that if you're a doer, you'd be blessed in everything you put your hands to. <laughs> maybe the reason why you're not seeing the blessing and the fruitfulness in your life like you want is because maybe there's something about the Word that you're not doing. I don't say that. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this as I say that. God ain't trying to hide nothing from you. Everybody in this room knows when you do something wrong. Right? I do. I have the Holy Spirit. If I look at you wrong, I know it. The Holy Spirit convicts me. If I snap off to my wife or I snap off to my kids, I know the Lord, I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit goes, you don't do that. So people who say, well, I didn't know. Yes, you did. You lied to yourself. You knew. Well, what about deception, pastor? Deception comes from two sources. Either you deceive yourself because you're not doing the word, or you deceive, you're deceived because you don't know the word. But both of them is a result. One's a result of not doing the word that you know, and the other one's the result of not knowing the word. So I run into people all the time. They don't know. They really don't know any better. Well, then when they meet me, now they know because I tell them. And then I say, now you're accountable for what you've just heard according to the Word of God. You know now what the Word says. So if you disobey it, that's your fault, not the devil's. The devil is not big enough and bad enough and strong enough to keep you in a realm of deception. He's not. He is about that high. And he resides right here under your foot. But you don't, if you don't know that, if you don't understand that, it says in Revelations, don't it, Brother Bill, that when we get to heaven and we see Satan, we're going to go, is this the one that deceived the nations? Well, I say, Lord, why, why? he deceives the nations. How does he have a right to deceive the nations? He said, because my people are not going ye therefore into all the world and preaching the gospel. We are. Matthew chapter 7 Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who what? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied and cast out demons and done all these wonders in your name? And he'll declare, I never knew you. Depart from me. You, practice, you who practice lawlessness. This is what I like. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rains descend and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But whoever, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and it was a great fall. All right, you ready? I'll wrap this up. Let me tell you what I hear. Number one, do you want to be a wise man or do you want to be a foolish man? The wise man is the one who builds and predicates his life upon not only knowing the Word of God, but the doing of it. Amen. The doing of it. I have endeavored um, 
to make it my life's goal, my family's goal, and the life of this church and the life of this ministry to be doers of the Word of God. And I have lost family, friends, and made a lot of enemies in doing it because the Word of God has a way of not catering to your flesh and what you want. It caters to Himself and to the kingdom of God and to a greater purpose. And if you and I will make a stand and say, I'm going to be a doer of the Word of God, then it will settle a lot of the things in your life that you're conflicted over. A wise man. I like what Luke said. Luke said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the Word of God and do it. That's what Jesus said. He said, Lord, these, your, your mama and your brother's out there and they need you. And Jesus said, the ones who's my brothers and sisters are the ones who hear my Father's word and do it. You want to be a doer of the word? See, this is not about knowing something. This is about doing of the knowing that you know. <laughs> this is about doing what you know. I don't really, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to throw it right out there. So, you know, if you like it, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. You can talk to me later. I really don't care what you know. I really don't. And I don't believe the Lord cares what we know. But Lord, I know this. I know that you said, and I'm the head and not the tail. And I know that you said this. And I know that I'm supposed to be above and not believe. And I know that all things will prosper that I put my hand. I know. And the Lord says, but I don't care what you know. I care what you do that you know. See, it's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know and you do that sets you free. Salvation doesn't happen because you hear the Word of God and that's it. Salvation takes place when you hear the Word of God and you make a conscious decision to say, my life is not my own. That's salvation. Salvation is not where you come up to the altar and you pray the prayer and that's it. No, salvation is when you is the recognition of the fact that you can do nothing apart from Him and His grace and His mercy that has made you as if you never sinned. Salvation is accepting that and saying, my life is not my own. To you I belong, I give myself. That's salvation. Pray that. I give myself away. I give it away, Lord. I want you, all of you. That's salvation. Well, it's the same thing with being the doer of the Word of God. Let me tell you the first thing I see with this. Jesus' teaching specifically applies to the emptiness of Judaism. He's saying that because of the emptiness that the Jews had and they were trying to reform, they were rejecting Jesus. And that's why he said, my brothers and sisters are the ones who hear my word, my Father's word, and do it. See, when you and I or anybody rejects the doing of the Word of God. You can know it all day long, but when you reject it by not doing it, you open yourself up for the enemy to come in and play around in your life. I mean, he's going to play around anyway because he's a thief and he's a stealer. And so he comes and he tries to, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's going to try to do that. You're going to have enough, you're going to have enough challenges on your own just being a believer. And, you know, carrying the WWJD bracelet around your wrist and the cross bumper sticker on your car, you're going to have enough flack just from that. You don't want to give him more? Uh, there's a certain persecution that comes for the word's sake. You step out of this place today after hearing this word, and I guarantee you, you're going to be challenged into being a doer of the word of God. 
It's the granted. Because the enemy doesn't like it when you try to take new ground. He doesn't, and he resists you. You've got resistance enough. Don't give him. Let, let us not give him any more room than we already have to give him because of the word. But he's defeated. We resist him and defeat him the same way Jesus did. It is written. The wise man is wise. Why? Because he's a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Number two, being a doer assures you that you're building your house on an unshakable foundation. We've already given testimony about our house. Let me give you another one. When we started back in March, or actually it was April when we broke ground and really started, we had to pour footers, and those footers were what? They had to be 12 inches or 16 inches deep, and then they had to be 12 inches deep and 16 or 18 inches wide. 18 inches wide, the footers. Now the footers are concrete poured over twisted rebar. That's, everybody say we ain't even started the foundation yet. So we had to pull, we had to dig the footers 12 inches above, below, I mean, the natural ground. Because you, you, you go out there and try to dig 12 inches below the ground. That's some hard ground. That's building it upon a rocky, stable foundation. And so we came in and after they did that, we, we laid block. Because our house was, we had like 40 something inches of fall from one corner of the house to the back corner. So the, the front corner of the porch is about 12 inches off the ground. The back corner comes up to about right here on you. So we had to lay block. And inside that block they put rebar. And inside that, some places they put sand and then they poured some concrete. Well, when, And then you come in and you put dirt and you pack it down and your concrete slab's about 12 inches above that. So you, you picture it, you got this block foundation, solid. And you got all this dirt and you got it packed. Well, in the process of doing that, the guy that was in charge of that, somehow, some way, he backed the tractor up loading the dirt and blowed one of the walls out on the backside. The, the highest part of the house blowed the wall out. I ain't never seen Block do that. Two, two walls out. Thank you, Dave. Two walls. I've never seen Block wall, Block, everybody say Block, do like this. I mean, it was like, like a bow and arrow, like a bow just bowed out. And it was cracked. Not at the cracks, not at the joints, but the block itself was cracked. So Casey came out there, and because uh, he's been helping us and helping us supervise, helping us do it, so we were scratching out what we're gonna do. So we made some phone calls and we talked, and, we, and this somebody somebody was trying to get us to just leave it like it is. It'll be all right. <laughs> it was like, no, that it ain't gonna be all right. So I said, well, you know, I mean, that's a setback. Nobody likes that. I said, well, there ain't no use in building nothing else if you're going to build it on shaky ground. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It don't matter how pretty the house is. It don't matter how good it is. A wise man builds his house on the rock. So you know what we did? What David and Will did? <laughs> Tore it down, relayed it. The Lord took care of it. The Lord covered us and, and paid for the whole thing. I mean, it was great. The Lord worked it out. But I'll tell you one thing, when they got done laying it, I said, don't you put no sand in there, one of them blocks. I said, I don't care how much it costs, I want concrete in every one of them cells. So now we got two walls that are solid block and concrete. There ain't nothing going off of that wall. There ain't no good to be no blowed walls out. That's the man that builds his house upon the rock. See, it's easy to build your house on the sand. We closed our loan. It was 
almost, it was over 120 days before one stick of lumber got built. It's easy to build your house on the sand. You can get out there with a shovel and shovel some sand and get out there and start building your house. It's easy. The lazy man, the foolish man looks for the easy way. But the wise man looks for the best way. Everybody say the best way. What else does it do? It makes, it, it, it guarantees that when the wind, when the rain come, and everybody say, and it's going to come. Well, you confessing that, Lord. No, Jesus said, in this life. In this life, you will what? But then what did he say? See, we like to stop and put a period there. There ain't a period there. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. And when the rain come, and it will, and when the floods came, and it does, and the winds blow, and they will, and it beats on the house, and it will beat on your house. Why? What will happen? Nothing. Because the wise man builds his house on the foundation, builds it on the rock. I like what one translation said. It is firmly set on bedrock. A foolish man, he hears the words, and he doesn't even give them the proper honor and the reverence. I mean, we come to church and we hear stuff. Some of you today may be listening to this and talking about, I ain't got time to hear that. I'm ready to go home and eat. Be careful. Not because of me. Not because what I say is so valuable and so important. But I think we can all agree that the word of God transcends man. And if we're going to build our life on something, we need to build our life on the word of God. And I have endeavored to do that with all my being. I said, Lord, if, I don't, if I'm not doing this word, check me on it. If I ain't doing, if I'm not lining myself up with this word, I, want, I don't want to not do that. I don't want to be, I like what the Greek literally means. It means a not doer in chains. A not doer. I don't want to be a not doer. I want to be a doer. Because then I know I've got a firm foundation where I can say everything that I put my hands to will prosper. Not because of me, not because of my ability, but because I make the word of God my bedrock. See, we hear things and we let our mind go elsewhere. See, a not doer is a, the true disciple says to the rabbi, he doesn't just learn in order that he may know, he learns in order that he may do. We don't want to just know it, we want to do it. The word in James where it says he beholdeth himself in a mirror, that word means to stoop down near or by something, bend forward in order to look at something more closely. It means that we, we look to find something. We're not just looking and then we move on. We're looking and we're gazing into the Word of God to find something. What are we trying to find? We're trying to find who we are. Can, can I just say this? You're not looking at the Word of God to find out what you're not doing right. You look at the Word of God to find out what God has enabled you to do right. There's a difference. We don't look and study the Word of God to look and say, oh, well, look at what I'm not doing. From a, from a, almost like He's trying to slap us. No, He's trying to empower us. We gaze into the Word of God to say, glory to God, I don't have that in my life. I want it. That's the difference. We all, the Scripture says, with unveiled face, 
gaze upon the Word of God so that we may be transformed and become more like Him. To become, um, to become more like Him. To become Him. To become Him in us. We become Him. We don't look at the Word of God and, and gaze upon this Word and just let it be a forgetfulness and then we just don't pay attention to it. No, 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 no. We look upon the Word of God so that we may do it. Then everything that we touch will prosper. Not because of us, but because of the Word is not a lie. See, it's easy. I'm going to close with this. It's easy to appeal to the fleshly, lazy nature of, the, of, the, of man. The easy way out. It's easy to be a hearer only and not a doer. It is. I'll be the first one to tell you it's real easy to do that. But it's easy to do that because we live in a realm where we're still dominate, where the dominating force, I don't even know if that's true. Okay, let me rephrase that. It's, it's easy to a degree. Now listen to me. I'm going to try to articulate what's coming out of me the best I can. It's easy to be lazy and be a hearer only because we are domi- the world system. I ain't even going to say we. The world system in which we live is dominated by Satan. The God of this world, the Bible says, He is the God of this world. Okay, so when you come out of darkness and you step into light, Okay, and you say, I, I give myself away. I'm giving myself to you, Lord. When you and I do that, we come out of a position of seated darkness, and now we stand up into a position of light, and all of hell comes at us to try to get us to sit back down because he can't prevent us from getting saved, so he's going to definitely try to prevent us from doing anything for the kingdom of God. And so he throws lies out there to it, like, well, you can't help it because the nature of your flesh. Well, guess what? Your flesh... It's not the dominating force in your life. Or it may be, but it shouldn't be. Your spirit man should be the dominating force in your life. So when your husband looks at you cross-eyed, the dominating force in your life should be love, not hate. So when your wife looks at you cross-eyed, the dominating force in your life should be love, not your flesh that wants to slap a sister. So when you're driving down the road and you see somebody and they look at you cross-eyed, the dominating force in your life should be love, should be 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It should not be the flesh because you, those of us who are born of the Spirit, we don't walk according to the flesh is what Romans tells us. But we've not been taught that. We've been taught that we're slaves. I mean, I can't help it. And we're always offering an excuse to the flesh. I don't want no excuses in my life. He's eliminating the excuses. Well, I didn't know. Well, now you know. Now when you come back next week, don't say I didn't know because you heard it. You know. We are not dominated by the flesh anymore. We should not because it doesn't have, it should not, it does not legally have a hold over your life. But it probably does if you don't know that and you and I have never recognized that. When you're saying we're just supposed to walk perfectly on this earth and never do anything right, I'm saying that the potential's there, but we don't always do that because we do have a flesh and we're human. 
But don't use that. As, let's, let's not use that as an excuse to say, well, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm just flesh. I'm just a man. No, you're not. You're not just a man. You're not just a woman. The very life and nature of God, the very creator of the universe, His power and His nature live inside of you. And you're telling me you can't do that? Well, I can do all things. through. That's right. We always like to use that for tests and job promotions. We never like to use that to overcome the flesh. I can overcome the flesh because of Him that lives within me, not because of my own strength. And that's where people mess up. Well, I tried to quit and I couldn't. That's because you trying to quit. Stop trying to quit and let Him quit through you. So we're dominated. The world system is dominated by Satan and his influence. But we don't subject ourselves to that influence. That's why he calls us ambassadors. Because we have diplomatic immunity. We're not subject to the same laws that his people are subject to in darkness. We carry, we are ambassadors of light. We can walk into, oh bless God, we can walk into a dark room and light just showed up. Well, I, I just, I can't go to that place because it's too dark. Well, then quit hiding your light under a bushel. Next time you walk into that office, you say, bless God, the Holy Spirit. Right, Mama? Bless God, the Holy Spirit just showed up. And these people about to know some Jesus. I'm just telling you. Well, you know, we come to church and they don't even want to worship. What's that got to do with anything? What's that got to do with you? That's what, that's what he said. What's that got to do with us? So if half the people in the room are not going to worship God, is that going to stop you from worshiping? I mean, my gosh, half the country don't even want to do anything with God anymore. Is that going to stop us? No, that's when we get louder with love. <laughs> Let me say that because I don't want nobody picketing. No, we stand up and we say no. This is the uncompromising word of God, and you've twisted the message that you've attached to us. We're not saying anybody is, wrong, anybody is bad. We're saying that God loves us all, and he has provided a way for us to walk in a level of life that humanity has not tasted. I'm telling you right now, the believing church that we know of, ooh, it says in Hebrews that they lean over and look at us and are envious. We don't act like it. Lord Jesus, take me home as quick as you can because it's hard down here. Mm. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to suit up. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm just like, bring it on because we have the answer. We are. <laughs> we are the answer. We don't have it. We are the answer. He said, go ye. Are we doing that? It's easy. It's easy to, to, to look at life and look at our situations and say, Job, in Job chapter 40, he said he looked at his situation and he started blaming God. It's easy for us to do that. 
It's easy. It's easy for us to always want to blame God. Well, let me ask you this. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is saying for me to say this to you. I'm saying this to you. What about you? The first thing we want to look at is God. God, you didn't. God, you did. Or God, you should have. But what about you and me? What about us? What if we look in the mirror and go, All right, Lord, you're God, so I know you don't mess up. I mean, that would be a big step of maturity for 90% of believers, wouldn't it? Come on, ain't nobody shouting me down now. What if you woke up in the morning, tomorrow morning, and you looked at your life and you looked at your circumstances and you opened your Bible and you said, Lord, show me what I'm not doing. Not from a standpoint of condemnation, but say, you know what, don't even pray that. Wake up in the morning and go, Lord, show me what I need to be doing. Because he ain't trying to, because when you show somebody the truth, the light automatically shines on the darkness. And say, Lord, what am I, what do I need to do? Why don't we start there? Instead of the first thing we always want to blame is him. He said, a hearer only is like a man who builds his house on the sand. And it says that the house and the wind, I mean the wind and the rain and the waves will come and the house will fall greatly. Which means it'll be on CNN because it was such a dynamic explosion. It'll be like captured in that video that you see that's got six million hits on YouTube. There's the man that built his house on the sand. Look at that house blow up. Boom! But nobody ever sees the one right next to it that's got 14 million hits. The man who built his house on the rock. And I mean some kind of hurricane and wind and waves come and you can't even see nothing. There's so much wind and waves. And when it all blows away and it all goes away, the house is still standing. And the guy's sitting on the front porch drinking some coffee and waving. Because blessed is the man who builds his house upon the rock who's a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Stand with me to your feet. Everybody say, I'm a doer of the Word of God. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm a doer. And you believe that this morning? It says that a doer of the Word of God would be blessed. Listen to it. Blessed in what he does. How many of you want to be blessed in all that you do? I want to be blessed in all that I do. So we need to be doers of the Word of God. Well, where do we start, Pastor? Where do I start? This is where you start. Close your eyes. Bow your head. Close your eyes and bow your head. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I know that there are areas in my life, possibly, that I'm not doing what I know to do. Because I'm doing the same thing. The whole time I've been preparing for these series of messages about being a doer of the Word of God. I don't want to be someone who's not doing the Word of God. So I've asked the Lord, Lord, what am I not doing? And He showed me some things that, that uh, are real easy to overlook. Lord, what am I not? What, what am I knowing the Word of God in? What area do I know the Word of God in? But I'm not doing it. I'm not a doer of that word. What area is it? Ask the Lord to show you. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. 
Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping out and saying this because I, it's hard for me to believe, but I would imagine that every person in here has got something that the Lord has showed you that you, that you know, but that you're not doing. And He's not showing you that for the purpose of condemnation. He's showing you and I that for the purpose of freedom. There are things that when we do the Word of God, they bring freedom in our life. Maybe you've been catering to a certain attitude in your home. Maybe somebody is uh, neglecting the truth of God's Word in your home, and they're under, listen to me, they're in submission to you, they're under your authority, but you're not laying down the law. Not the law as in the bad law, I'm talking about the law of liberty. See, it says the law of liberty brings us freedom. This is what Romans chapter 8 says. The law of liberty makes us free from the law of sin and death. But in that law of liberty, there are still standards that we abide by. Maybe somebody's in your house and they're not abiding by that. And for the sake of peace, you don't hold that, that law, that, that uh, standard up. Let me tell you something. If you look at me, it, unless you say, as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Unless you take that standard, not because when you apply this standard to somebody's life, it causes rejection and, con and condemnation, because this is what you need. You're living life loosely. You need the truth of God's Word because it will set you free. And unless we do that, people have nothing to hold them accountable. Well, I was born that way. Well, I, didn't, I had somebody say to me the other day, I don't feel like it. But I want to. I don't get to do what I want to. Why would I want to do what you want to? I want to do what he wants to do. So maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe that's in your life. You need to get some things in order in your house. Maybe there's a situation in your life where the Lord's been touching you and poking you and saying, you need to give this to me. Give this to me. I got you. I got you. I'll take care of this. But you still hold on to it. You don't want to. Are you being a doer or are you being a hearer only? Because you know the word, you can quote it. I've had people say to me, I've had people say to me, I know I need to tithe, but I don't. I've had people say, okay, because people always get funny about when you say that, okay? So I've had people say to me, I know I need to walk in love and forgive them, but I don't. No, but, no, but, shut your butt. I need to walk in love. I've had people tell me that. I know what I need to do, but I don't want to do it. The quicker you and I get out of I don't want it and I'm going to, the better off we'll be. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Langston, why don't you come dismiss us and pray for us and prophesy, sing, whatever your dismisses. Lord God, we just come today and we thank you. We thank you for this house where you've come in the midst of our worship and you've touched each and every one of us through your worship. Father, we desire that this day be a new day 
where we lean and we press into you, Lord God. We thank you for drawing us close and loving us and keeping us. We thank you that we had an opportunity to be here whole and healed. And Father, this day we make a decision. We make a decision to allow you to, to use us. And by using us, that means that there is an action that occurs. We thank you for our pastor, which has released the word unto us this day. And I, I think it's pricked everybody's heart, especially when he says that thing that God has told you to do that you don't do. I believe the Lord says this morning that as we walk from this place, we walk in his newness and his wholeness, but not just being a hearer of the word. We call ourselves doers of his word. So help us into all activities that we do from this day forth to walk in action. We will not allow Satan to lie anymore in our lives. We call ourselves as witnesses of the kingdom by the spirit that is already in us. So as we walk out of this place, keep us, prod us. We're not going to let the enemy have the victory, but the victory is in Jesus and his name and the kingdom of God, which we call forth over our lives and our families and our jobs and everything that we touch. So help us to pursue him as we walk out these doors, Father. We ask that you keep us safe, keep our minds stayed on you. Help us to be in your presence, Father. We talk about it. A lot of us have talked about it, but this is where we put it into action. Even right now, make a decision to spend time in his word every day. Make a decision to create an environment where we can worship him. I don't care if it's in your car, in your prayer closet, but we've got to have time with it. Make a decision to walk into the supernatural gift that God has called us to be. No more will we be held back by lies and condemnation and frustration and apathy. Those things are broken. This is a new day. Say new day. This is the day that you made a decision to do the things. Say I'm going to be a doer of the word. I am a doer of the word. Father, I ask that you keep us until we come into this house again and we come in with the celebration and the praise and the testimony in our hearts and we walk into an area of prayer that we've never walked into today. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, King of King. Thank you, King of Glory. Thank you, God, for saving our souls. And we call these things forth in Jesus' name. Amen.